fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile What's going on, Wolfpack? Your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. Here with a new edition of a Monday show, We now that we're doing the Sunday night tailgate, we're going to focus specifically on Mondays on the waiver wire, fab money, anything of that nature, and then also the injury recap, which often informs our waiver wire, so it makes sense to get those two things in sync in line. We're going to try to hit about 30 minutes right before Monday night football kickoff to get you warmed up, get you ready for the game. An interesting Bills game, and, and those of you tuned in probably know at this point, Higby is out. I might stash Gerald Everett just for the hell of it, see what he does, see if he makes good on this opportunity and can kind of carve out a bigger role in this offense. I mean, he was the tight end five for a nice stretch last year. So intriguing to see what he does. I've seen Cam Akers drop a lot and kind of deservedly so at this fucking point, but ultimately he could be another interesting stash. Let's see if anything ever happened to Henderson. He comes up gingerly. So if you have trash such as Jarek motherfucking McKinnon to cut, pick up one of these guys, see what they do on Monday night football, get yourself a little action for tonight, but let's dive in now to the waiver wire, to the fab money, Get your questions on, and if you have any last-minute sit-starts, I will make sure to hit them, but let's talk waiver dollars. Carlos Hyde, by far my number one pick on this week's waiver wire. We've seen it for long stretches this year, such as Mike Davis becoming a complete and utter monster these last few weeks. Carlos Hyde could be the next one because Chris Carson is week-to-week with a mid-foot sprain. It's not supposed to be anything season-ending or crazy, but... The team will probably take it nice and cautious with him. And Carlos Hyde was the absolute bell cow uh, when when Chris Carson departed, racking up 15 carries, 68 yards, uh, three catches, another eight yards, 17 total PPR fantasy points along with plowing into the end zone. Travis Homer also got banged up this game. So literally, you're looking at the Carlos Hyde show next week. The matchup's not tasty against San Fran, but then you get a juicy Buffalo a Rams team that hasn't really stopped the run all too well. And then another Arizona matchup, which he just put 17 points up against them. So you could be looking at a nice four-week gap of Carlos Hyde just eating. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of adding him. I think he could be the play this week at waiver wire. You're guaranteed the touches at least this week. And if you're desperate for running back help, I'd say spend about 20%, 25% of your fab to go get this guy. Um, 10% owned right now across most leagues. Next guy on the list, though, more seasonal value, season-long value to this guy. And real quick, too, if you're tuned in and you don't mind giving this a thumbs up, if you haven't hit that subscribe button and you like what you hear, would mean the world uh, to have more subscriptions, more likes, get us discovered by more people. But thank you guys so much for tuning in wherever you are at. Now let's talk here about Brandon Ayuk, 34% owned. To me, the, the ideal week eight streamer uh, with plenty of rest of season juice, as we were saying, because one, Debo's hurt. Two, the matchup's coming against Seattle in week eight. That's given up by far the most points to wide receivers. And that just only boosted last night with that track meet of a game. So I love Brandon Ayuk this week. And then just rest of season wise, everybody's saying, oh, it's just Debo Samuel, same exact role. Well, 
Yes, he's so good at the catch. He's a beast. Leaping ability, we all saw that touchdown. Can be very dangerous in that sense. He gets plenty of touches as a rusher. Love his just overall fit in Kyle Shanahan's scheme because of all that. But then this guy also averaged, uh, he took down 100 air yards this week, so he can get deep. That was negative 10 for Debo Samuel. Yeah, they had similar touches, similar outputs by the end of the game. But this guy was going deep, streaking down the field. He's used just a little bit differently in that vertical sense, in addition to the run after the catch uh, generation, the, the rushes, all that good stuff. So Brandon Ayuk, that was his calling card coming out of college, led the nation in yards after contact. We've seen it translate at the professional level. Now he's probably destined for his biggest day yet. And this is coming off 115 career high day. I think he hits that right again and smashes this week. So if I'm needy at wide receiver, he's absolutely the first one I look at, but not far behind him. Another guy I would spend about an Ayuk 20% or so budget. I think Sterling Shepard's right about there with him. Returns from injury, looks as smooth as if he never left and slid right into the top role for Daniel Jones. Yes, you know, Slayton was playing banged up, but it was not even a competition between Tate versus Shepard. It was all Shepard. Ends up hauling in six of his eight targets for 59 yards and a score. And again, just looking explosive, speedy, all the things you wanted to see with him coming off the injury. It wasn't like they rushed him back and he was looking gimpy. This man played well. It's a hideous offense, but the schedule does start to soften up. They faced a murderer's row early on. Now you get Tampa Bay, a tough game. Washington, they're rated tough, but come on. This is Washington. They've got nobody. I don't buy that they're great. They need to get just pure green the rest of the season with this guy. So he's more Shepard, a longer-term stash. You got Philly, then Cincy, Seattle, as we mentioned, the best possible matchup, four wide receivers. Arizona, eh, nothing too special. Then you got Cleveland, the third most points. Baltimore in Week 16, tricky matchup, but he could be the Sterling Shepard, a big piece to why you get there. So Bertine Ayuk, my number one, just more upside, more just raw ceiling, but Shepard, more floor, uh, more provenness, and a better stretch run schedule. So I really like him. And dare I fucking recommend Nelson Aguilar? 2% owned if either of those other two guys weren't out there. Uh, certainly less owned than them. He's been the Raiders' number one lately that nobody seems to want to accept. The guy has three touchdowns in the last three weeks. And last week was by far his best game. Saw nine targets. That's a high on the season. Turns it into five catches for 107 yards. Fourth career 100-yard game for the guy. But that rapport with Carr is really coming into play here. And we're seeing Carr say, you know, we can't get this guy off the field. He's been playing too well for us. He led the Raiders in wide receiver snaps this week, playing 51 compared to 48 for rugs. So both were pretty much every down guys, but that just tells you this is not just a giz, you know gadget gizmo style player. He's getting his shit done, Nelson Aguilar. He had a couple of his trademark drops. I know the people in Philadelphia probably celebrating that. But still, before this game, he'd caught 10 of 11 targets, had been a very reliable guy for Derek Carr. And this week, again, they went to him more than they have all year. And all he did was respond. So I really like Nelson Aguilar at 2% owned to be an intriguing streamer. The schedule, not too bad. They're already done with their bye week. Let's tell you real quick some of the games you have for um, this guy with Nelson Aguilar coming up. Uh, where Where's that? I just have it. Here he is. Nelson Aguilar. So you got Cleveland coming up this week. The third most points to wide receivers. We just saw Joe Burrow go completely nuclear against them. The Chargers coming up after that. Banged up secondary. Teams have been routinely bombing them. Denver coming up after that. So much more susceptible to the pass 
than the run, the worst uh, in terms of points allowed to running backs. They just stifle running backs the entire day, but then you got them very susceptible through the air. Kansas City, they're going to need to put up their points. And then Atlanta in week 12, Jets after that. I mean, it is a juicy schedule for a guy that's only trending upwards 14, 15, and 22 fantasy points. The wide receiver 27, 26, and 13 over these last three weeks. The guy's just getting it done. Uh, and definitely deserves some attention. Another, you know, very under-owned guy that's probably out there in your leagues. That's Rashard Higgins, 1% owned. He's thriving in Odell's absence on this week. Um, ultimately puts up over a hundred yards and a score. That offense just seemed to click so much better without Odell in there for whatever reason, the explosive talent, but maybe he's just the diva commanding too much of Baker's attention, getting in his headset. It, it was ultimately a much better show there uh, without him in there for, again, I, I don't know why that's the case, but it was uh, so a big day for Higgins. He gets the Raiders next week. Certainly nothing scary by week, but then you look at the, the schedule we were talking about easy schedules. This guy has the easiest of all wide receivers. Cleveland does in general facing Houston green matchup, Philly green matchup, Jacksonville green matchup, Tennessee green matchup. It's all green until week 14 when he faces Baltimore. So you're looking at some great stuff. Then the giants and jets weeks 15 and 16. I'm not saying that this guy Higgins is going to become a fixture into your run, but maybe just maybe, I mean, anytime he's gotten the opportunity, I feel like Higgins always comes through. And then you got to look also at tight end Harrison Bryant, a freak coming out of college. Uh, the most production we've seen out of a tight end in quite some time for college, 2,139 yards, uh, 207 targets, 148 receptions, 2.59 yards per right route one. Um, ultimately, you know, a guy, I love Scott Barrett. This uh, He was all in on Harrison Bryant. Uh, his model really tends to outline breakers quite breakouts quite well. And I love everything we saw, the body control in the red zone. Like May Mayfield was just zipping it, and this dude was coming down with diving catches all over the place. Yeah, you get Hooper coming back after this week. We got one more week of Bryant, but very streamable week against the Raiders. Maybe he carves out a clear-cut number two tight end role, especially again with Odell out. They already ran so many two tight end sets. They're going to need some receiving volume to be carried. And I, I can't imagine Higgins just automatically shoulders it all. So that is another guy I would look at. Now, let me quickly hit any questions you guys have. If you have anything for tonight, Jamichael hasty season, we're going to talk about him in a second. What's going on, Diego de Leon. Great to see you. Hello, Tien. Thanks so much for you guys tuning in. Always looks like I'm going to win as long as Chicago defense doesn't score negative 5.9. Uh, yeah, DK saved you there. Kyle tunes. Declan missed one and two. Well, there's always a replay, uh, but my my number one was Carlos Hyde, and my number two was Brandon Ayuk. So you can always catch my reasoning later. I uh, picked up Shepard last week and had Ayuk in need of running back help. Thoughts on Hasty if Coleman doesn't come back that week? Well, let us transition. I, I let me answer this. I need Cup to outscore Woods tonight. Denny Jennings don't like your chances, but ultimately could be it. Hasty or Hyde for the f the Fab surge here. I personally prefer Hyde. Um, you're looking at more weeks absence, safer volume because Coleman could come back. And let's talk about now these 49ers running backs. Tevin Coleman has an outside chance at returning in week eight. Even if he does, you've got to imagine he's easing a little slowly, but then again, you never fucking know what's going to happen with Hannigans every single fucking week. To me, it's going to be the Jamichael Hasty show. I'll tell you who it's not going to be. Piece of fucking dirt. 
Jarek McKinnon, god-awful performance, literally negative fantasy points. I mean, I started A.J. Dillon over him. I was like, fuck, I made the wrong call. He like, tripled up his production. Didn't get negative points, at least. Awful stuff. It's clear they're, they're easing him all his ribs injuries, part of the plan, whatever stupid shit Kyle Shanahan said at the end of the game. Go fuck himself. Awful stuff. But Jamichael Hasty continues to make the most of his opportunities, and we saw why this offense is annoying as it is, as frustrating as it can be. That zone-blocking scheme is unbelievable. I mean, Jeff Wilson was looking like an all pro back ripping up 120 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. I mean, it was unstoppable till he suffered, suffered that high ankle injury. And then Jamichael came in and ripped chunk play after chunk play. So as much as I want to hate Kyle Shanahan for never giving us a consistent guy, a one that we can depend on each and every week, I also love the dude because that blocking scheme is poetry in motion. It's a gorgeous thing to watch unfold and running backs just eat up chunk plays. So as a one week potential option, Jamichael Hasty out there in 90% of leagues, I do think Kevin Coleman's going to sit it out and it's just going to be a 15, 20 carry show for Hasty. So for one week stopgap, if you miss out on Hyde or you don't have the money to go bid up, I really think you can get a nice, useful week out of Jamichael Hasty facing a Seahawks team that they're really going to want to try to ground and control. I could see a lot of volume coming for Hasty as a desperation running back fill-in. Certainly makes a lot of sense. I also do like Corey Davis. I can't believe those words have come out of my mouth given how much hate I have given this motherfucker. But ultimately, he legit has not had a single bad game yet in 2020. This is like the late blooming coming out party for Corey Davis, 13 points, 11 points, 9.4, two missed games because of COVID, but then right back where he left off, 12 points, 10 targets, six catches, a touchdown. The dude just gets it done, and that was against Pittsburgh. Now you get Cincy, Chicago, tough matchup, Indy, tough matchup, Baltimore. So, I mean, the, the schedule isn't that tasty for the guy, but then down the stretch, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, all potential bomb shows for Corey Davis. And really, the matchup just doesn't seem to matter for this offense. Tannehill keeps him rolling. Arthur Smith calls a great game. I like Corey Davis. If you miss out on some of those earlier guys, Iuke, Sterling Shepard, uh, and he's still sitting out there, could bring some value. Now, last running back on my list of guys I really wanted to highlight, LaMichael Pirine, 16% owned, dominated the snap count this week. And I, of course, as soon as he thrives, it seems like they, they put in Gore to just make sure he cools off, which was goddamn frustrating, no doubt about it. But still, Pirine had himself a solid day, 40 snaps compared to only 16 for Frank Gore, finds the end zone on a nice run, good little scamper, nice burst on it, uh, 39 total yards, third in targets on the Jets this week. So a very promising usage um, game here. And what do they have to lose from riding this guy? Do you really need to see what Frank Gore is made of? Just two weeks ago, Adam Gase came out and said, we're going to give Hasty a bunch of, I mean, uh, Pirine, Hasty's on the mind, big and hasty. Uh, we're going to give Pirine quite a bit of work, though. What's the point of riding Gore? I mean, essentially, Gase has said that. We can't ride Gore at this age. So uh, he, he came out and said uh, Pirine could be that guy. And it looked like he is got 40 to 16 snap rate. Uh, that, that's a huge difference. It's almost 70% of the snaps right there. So I'm liking P. Ryan as bad as the Jets are. And again, you don't really want to trust too many people on the absolutely sickening Jets. But P. Ryan is looking like an option that will at least see volume. Uh, he gets Kansas City coming up. Definitely a uh, run, you know, run funnel defense, much better against the pass there. So I like LaMichael P. Ryan. Last two names I really want to make sure to get 
is stashing Jalen Rager, 11% owned. And then your last call on Dallas got it right around 40% owned, depending where you're at. Rager was activated from the IR. He's got 21 windows now to a 21 day window to be fully activated. You guys know how hyped I was on this guy coming into the year was dominating every facet and camp beating Darius Slay deep in contested situations was like the alpha number one. And we've seen rookie receivers just crushing it this year. And he was one of my favorite coming in. There's no reason he could not. I mean, the, the schedule one is a complete joke for Philly. A, a, just recipe for smashing teams coming down the stretch here. But two, he could just step up Jalen Rager, just like every single rookie receiver has so far and be that dominant, like late season Odell Beckham type of breakout of his rookie year at 11%. Why not take the stab, right? Go out and get this guy. Even if he doesn't play this week and they, they hold him through the bye, which is coming up the week after. I really think Rager could come out huge down the stretch for owners. Love stashing him and love stashing Dallas Goddard, who I also think could come on masterfully down the stretch. I have him ranked top 10 for rest of season tight ends with, with Ertz banged up, going to miss you know the next five weeks. That's going to give Goddard a really great chance to continue honing that rapport, building it up with Carson Wentz. They already have such a strong one in the red zone down the seams. Great blocker too, like just an every down in there and does all of it well, Dallas Goddard. I'm stoked to see him get back on the field. I'm going to be throwing some serious fab money at him if I'm desperate at tight end, and, and most of us are these days. Um, he's probably going to be held out through the bye, but I expect him back after that week nine bye. Um, and you have some Bridgewet stopgap options to get to him for that bye, some of them being Irv Smith, Trey Burton, or on the same team, Richard Rogers, 6% owned, had a 16-point PPR day, um, looking great, looking fantastic, Richard Rogers. That's how much this offense, that's why I'm so high on Goddard, the Eagles just pepper them. But Trey Burton, also Frank Reich, coming from the Eagles scheme, loves to pepper his tight ends, was used in carries, used out of the backfield. I mean, such creative usage. Yeah, Mo Alley Cox was out for his blow-up, but a lot of people kind of ignored it with the, the Colts on by. I think Burton's usage, he has that history with Reich of making some big plays. We, we could see it continue to grow. Irv Smith as well, coming off two solid double-point uh, PPR days in a row. Kyle Rudolph rumored to be on the trade block. If that happens, Irv Smith would leap into your top 10 rest of the season. Tight ends, very athletic, doing some nice things out there whenever he gets the chances. So three intriguing tight ends under you know 15% owned right there. Wayne Gallman at running back. You, we have an injury for Freeman. Looks like it's going to keep him out at least one week. Not a great spot for Gallman as a one-week stream, but he ran so hard when he got in. Um, and really just made some nice plays in total. Tampa Bay again on the, the docket, not a great matchup for any running backs, but still, again, at this point of the season, with bye weeks upon us, with injuries running rampant, there's this really bare, bare bones out there for what you can do. Um, and then at wide receiver, Preston Williams dropped because of the bye week a lot, but now Tua coming in. Who knows if that ends up helping him out, but Tua throws such a great over-the-shoulder ball, deep ball. I mean, does it all. And we're seeing Burrow and Herbert be gods on the fantasy field and real-life field. Who says Tua doesn't come in and make such a splash as well? But Greg Ward facing the, Dal uh, the Dallas Cowboys this week before the bye. Unlikely that Rager gets activated, so you're probably getting another week of the Fulgham show. And then of Greg Ward finding the end zone, just smooth, a nice streamer this week if you are desperate at wide receivers. That wraps up 
our waiver wire. Just a couple more injury notes to get through and then any other last-minute comments you guys have. We mentioned at the top with Higgins, but Odell Beckham is done for 2020. Torn ACL. Thoughts out to him. Prayers out to him. That sucks. Um, Ultimately, I'm not like super invested in everybody coming in after him. Landry should uh, you know vault up to number one on the target totem pole, but this is such a run heavy attack. Higgins looked so good. Like I, I don't think Landry suddenly explodes up my rest of the season big board because of the injury. Maybe jumps about you know 15 spots or so. Higgins gets a little bit of love too, but not in love with this offense and the passing game weapons, given how run heavy it is. Uh, given you know Harrison Bryant maybe shoulders a bit of that in the two tight end looks. Uh, with Austin Hooper, uh, and maybe yeah, Austin Hooper ends up being a sneaky riser. He had seen his targets climbing each week until that that appendicitis. Um, so yeah, uh, I, it's just tough for Odell. Prayers up to him, and you wonder like, is this his last season in Cleveland after pretty tumultuous time there? Um, let's hope for a speedy recovery from one of the best. It just it seems like he continues to have these injuries sapping the truly, truly dominant explosive threat we were seeing with the Giants. Kenyon Drake, another guy week to week, similar to Chris Carson, uh, ankle injury, a tear, a ligament tear in there. Dude was in tears while he got carted off, looked very, very significant. And now they're saying it's it's probably going to be a handful of weeks, maybe four to six or so. I imagine he lands on the short-term IR, and Chase Edmonds, baby, is the one that steps up. This offense just looks crisper, cleaner with a guy like Chase Edmonds spreading the field, had seven catches on seven of his target, putting up 18 and a half PPR points um, in fill and duty. And that was in like half of a game fill and duty. Drake didn't leave until the fourth quarter where, where Edmonds really became in and started to thrive. And he's just, again, looked as the more explosive threat every single time he's been in there. Uh, So I'm I'm a big fan of Chase Edmonds. Um, I own them both. And again, not, celebrating an injury by any means, but for my fantasy purposes, it seems like Edmonds will just bring a little more stability to this offense, especially as a pass catcher used in that more creative way. Um, so the, you know, obviously oh, speedy recovery to Kenyon Drake, hope he, he's feeling well by the end of it, but for fantasy purposes, this ends up being better for anyone who owned Kenyon Drake and chase Edmonds. Last up, we got Andy Dalton concussed. Uh, could this spark, you know, God forbid prayers for this one. Fitz magic coming to Dallas Dalton before he got hurt. Just this offense is completely flaccid uh, without Dak right now. Everything there is dying, slow shriveling death. Um, Freaking CD lamb, one carry over five on his targets. You know, Cooper salvages day, 80 yards and seven catches, but nobody else in the passing game had anything close to useful against a, pretty bad Washington defense here. So I hope Fitzmagic gets there. A gunslinger loves to air it out. Fits well with Kellen Moore and uh, Mike McCarthy liking to sling. We saw Dak going deep as, as much as any quarterback in the league. I think Fitz could really spark it. Hopefully by the trade deadline next week, this is a move that happens. Um, it would obviously for Fitzmagic's feel so bad for him just getting benched the way he did. This could give him a little life. That division still up for grabs and you know, Jerry Jones isn't just going to sit on his thumbs. So, yeah, I, I like Fitzmagic um, to potentially come back and take over. Uh, it, Dallas would be awesome because right now everyone is a humongous stock down. But buying low in those options might be the play if a quarterback change happens. And then last up, Deontay Johnson limped off. Expects it to only be an ankle bruise. Should be able to play through it. But just to get a, a little bit of a warning sign for a guy that dominates every time he's out there, 15 targets, his new A.B., for 
um, for Big Ben there. So smooth, so silky at making people miss after the catch and so just crisp in the routes the, the dude's a monster it's clear he's the number one i was speculating it's going to be claypool from here on out nope deontay johnson came right back in it emphatically showed he is the guy it's just a matter of can he stay on the field expected to be okay should be out there moving forward for the five and oh steelers and he should continue operating as their clear cut number one let's get to the rest of your questions here Herbert and Lockett combined for 109 alone. God damn, Mitchell Chavez. That is impressive stuff. Uh, very, very impressive outing there. Irv Smith Jr. or Trey Burton, the better tight end to grab for Mitch. I feel like Irv brings a little more upside in the chance that we see Kyle Rudolph get traded. Uh, but Burton has that great usage. I just am, you know, you still got Doyle there. Mo Alley Cox will be back. Seems more like a, a three-headed nightmare there. Um, so I, I don't love it. Drop Drake. Don't have the IR spot for him in one league. Ah, it's risky. Uh, who else is on the chopping block for you, Mike Clay? I'd like to know. Because um, we don't have a timetable yet. Now, if we find out that Drake won't be back to like week 14, okay, he can get sent packing. If this is going to be one of the, the week-to-weeks that's like six weeks instead of three to four weeks, then yeah. Even then, it's getting close, especially if you don't have the depth on the bench. But if there's anybody else you can cut, let me know. Uh, who's your favorite low-key tight end play? Mateo asking me for week eight. Honestly, I have not looked at the week eight matchups as well. I think some of these guys we brought up for the waiver wire, Trey Burton, um, Irv Smith, Harrison Bryant should get another week as the lone guy. Um, I do know I really like Richard Rodgers. Had a big first game and now gets Dallas. Goddard's probably not going to be back. I mean, if Goddard's out there in your waiver wire stash, if he gets Dallas, he's going to be a top five tight end in my rankings. But if not, Richard Rodgers should land in my top 12 as a guy that's out there in pretty much every league at this point, Mateo. Um, but I, I'll, I'll be here back tomorrow right around 5.30 with my ranking show to get you something more in-depth than that. Uh, but I haven't really looked enough at the matchups yet. Don thinks he's back playing in Cincinnati again. Seriously. Um, just dink, 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 awful stuff. Doesn't realize the weaponry he has to him. Sling it, Dalton. But that line is also giving him no time, so I don't want to just completely hate on Andy Dalton. All righty, folks, that's our rapid react waiver wire and um, injury trainer's room recap before Sunday night football. Wanted to hit that for you. Uh, appreciate those of you tuned in and interacted, and if you have any questions for your waiver wire or for just in general, Feel free to hit me up at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. Uh, you can find our DMs. We, we try to get them all. It comes in fast and furious. I will also be live again tomorrow at 5.30 for your rankings show um, to make sure I hit them. Like Mike Clay asking, don't have anyone else to drop. Mixon, Taylor, Gibson, Rojo, Eckler taking up your IR. Yeah, you got the depth, so you don't really need it. I guess you can send them back, and it's scary, but it, it seems like it might be a, a five- to six-week injury. Thanks again, guys, so much for tuning in. I, of course, from the Wolf of Rotary, Street, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves until tomorrow at 5.30. Best of luck, whatever you need tonight. I hope you get your wins. Um, and those of you tuned in, thanks so much. We'll see you guys later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh
Old-fashioned football right there, folks.